Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Corey here. Welcome to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if you're interested in learning more about any of the stories I'm about to share, head on over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where we publish a written version of the Roundup, and you can find all of the links to the stories that we're about to discuss there. So for our first story of the week, we are looking at LGBT health in the South. The Campaign for Southern Equality published a report on LGBT health access in the Southern United States. In general, they found that LGBT people reported good physical health. Um, However, this was less true for folks who are transgender as well as lower income folks. So pointing out an interesting um, kind of uh, interrelationship there um, between income and between gender identity um, and looking at that within the LGBT community. They also found, not surprisingly, that there are big HIV disparities compared to the general population, and that was especially true um, among gay men, in the black community, among those who are older, and among trans women of color. And then they they look at a lot of issues around um, why people do or do not access care successfully. Stigma was one of the big issues that LGBT people reported um, as as being a barrier to getting care that they needed. And that's something that can certainly be addressed with training as well as uh, non-discrimination protections. Um, And then the other thing was cost, which is something obviously that impacts everyone. Um, But interesting, again, to see kind of the interplay there between income and LGBT status um, getting in the way of accessing uh, needed care. Next up, Latinx people and HIV. The CDC published new facts on Latinx people living with HIV, of whom there are more than a quarter million in the U.S. as of 2016. Among Latinx people living with HIV, 60% had received some care, 49% were retained in care, and 51% had achieved viral suppression, which, as you probably know, is one of the main markers by which we measure um, how well people with HIV are doing. Um, This impacts uh, quality of life and also um, likelihood of retransmission. Um, Folks cited um, distrust of the medical system um, and uh, fear regarding immigration status. Um, Those were two of the barriers uh, that the CDC mentioned um, in terms of challenges for improving these numbers. I think, you know, there there are reasons why um, Latinx people um, are not going to receive care that they need and are not staying engaged in care. Um, And those are two of the big ones um, that the CDC has found. In our next story, Days of Good and Not Good Health. Researchers, led by Emma Potter, found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual adults had more days of less than good mental health compared to heterosexual adults. So basically what that means is that they asked people to report how many days um, on average they felt that they didn't have um, good mental health and they found that sexual minority adults had more of those bad days than did heterosexual adults. 
Beyond that, many disparities um, varied based on what subpopulation the researchers looked at. So for example, bisexual women reported more days of bad physical health than heterosexual women, while gay men actually reported fewer days of bad physical health than heterosexual men. So among gay men, they had disparities in uh, mental health, but they actually reported um, somewhat better physical health. And that wasn't true, for example, among bisexual women. So definitely a lot to unpack there and a good reminder that LGBT health isn't a static thing. Um, and when we look within the LGBT population, we have um, strengths as well as challenges, um, depending on what population we're looking at and what facet of health we're looking at. Next up, many trans folks lack Medicaid coverage. The Williams Institute published a report finding that of the 1.4 million transgender adults in the United States, approximately 152,000 are currently enrolled in Medicaid. And Medicaid, while a federal uh, program, is jointly run by the states, and therefore the policies um, for coverage vary a lot by states. Um, less than half of the trans folks who were enrolled in Medicaid had clear access to gender-affirming care, while 51,000 lived in states with ambiguous policies that didn't clearly include or exclude gender-affirming care, and 32,000 lived in states that explicitly banned such care. Um, the federal rules have been in flux on this as of the past couple years. Some states have had bans on gender-affirming care and have seen those overturned in the court system. So it's definitely a period of uncertainty, um, and this report really unpacks that um, and looks at where, where folks are in different parts of the country. In our next story, From Pride to Prevention in Brazil. UN AIDS reported on how local activists brought HIV prevention back to the center of Sao Paulo Pride, which brings 3 million people to Brazil's largest city annually. They cited rising HIV rates among LGBT youth, as well as wanting to spread the word about um, PrEP as a new option for HIV prevention as their motivations for trying to bring uh, this topic back to the Pride celebration. Best of all, the activists leveraged their success into having ongoing prevention meetings to happen throughout the next year. Definitely something that they can be proud of. And in our final story for the week, Unpacking Mental Health Disparities. A review of research on suicidality in the trans community, led by Noah Adams, found that white transgender people had the lowest suicide attempt rate of any race, whereas Native American or First Nation transgender people had the highest rate. Trans folks with an advanced degree uh, had a lower suicide attempt rate than others, um, which of course points out that those with um, lower educational levels may have less opportunity, may face more discrimination, have more stressors, um, definitely something to be concerned about. And overall, the results underscore the importance of addressing issues like race and socioeconomic status when working to improve trans mental health. So, you know, not um, ever enough just to look at the trans community as, um, as one group without uh, any difference among them. We know that um, trans people of color face higher rates of discrimination and violence. Um, and here's some more evidence that people of color and people um, with less economic means um, are facing health challenges, um, in this case with respect to mental health. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. 
I hope that you have enjoyed uh, listening as much as I've enjoyed sharing this week's stories with you. Um, If you would like to read more about any of the articles that we have discussed, just head to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you can find a written version with links to all of the stories. And as always, I hope that if you're not already, you will subscribe to this podcast and tune in next week for another edition. Thanks. Thanks.